This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, today we are discussing, we're continuing our discussion of uh, thinking of Hashem. And how does a person think of Hashem? Number one is a person going to realize Hashem is transcendent. What does that mean? He's out there somewhere. But He's also imminent. He's with us. So it's beyond all boundaries of dimensions, physical or spiritual. Hashem is not contained or restricted by time or space. And on the other hand, He fills every space and time. He's not restricted, but He fills it. So He's transcendent and He's imminent. On a personal level, this means Hashem is always extremely near to a person. David right? Amal says in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you are with me. Where is Hashem? He's with us. How come Hashem is with us? And the answer is, our souls. Our souls. Hallelujah. Connected. Our souls are connected to Hashem. We're linked because Hashem, He breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. And we have the famous analogy of the glass blower. You remember the glass blower? In Nefeshachayim, remember that? The glass blower, he's blowing, blowing, blowing glass, right? What happens? A little bit of his breath stays in the glass. His breath is going to the glass. So Hashem is blowing the soul into the glass. He's blowing part of himself into the glass. He's blowing part of himself into the human being. So in a, in a sense, Hashem is with us all the time, through our souls. So he's infinitely removed from the physical, and yet he, he fills our innermost being. It's a dichotomy. He's transcendent and he's imminent. Wow. Wow. However, that's insufficient. Uh, Judaism teaches us to live with Hashem. We need to feel, experience, and be aware of Him constantly. We just had a little miracle here. Okay? We're waiting for a minion, minion, minion. Four people walk in from Washington, D.C. Four people walk in from Washington. What's the likelihood of that happening? Hashem sends four people, boom, like angels. More than necessary. Well, I don't know who they are. Maybe they were angels. I don't know. No, Assuming they were it was not 10, it was 11. 11. Even better. Even better. Baruch Hashem. So we have to experience Hashem. We have to feel Hashem. How do we do that? So, number one is by doing mitzvot. You do mitzvot. You're meant to feel Hashem. I'm doing God's command. I'm a messenger of God. A person got to visualize themselves as a messenger of God. God wants you to do this. You're a messenger of God. It concretizes serving Hashem. Number two, by talking to Hashem, either we use the tefillah or personal conversations. And number three, by meditating on Hashem. So there's three different ways we can reach out to Hashem, and Hashem reaches out to us. Number one is by doing His mitzvot. Number two is by praying to Hashem, using the prayer book or one's own personal prayers. Number three is by meditating on His, on his imminence and greatness. Right? So what do, we, what do we know about Hashem? Number one, Hashem's wisdom, kindness, and strength are infinite. Right? So Hashem... We know He knows all our thoughts. Hashem knows all our thoughts. His wisdom is infinite. He knows everything that's going on. There's nothing He can hide from. Number two, and Ensof. He's everywhere. He has no body but one of the principles of faith. He has no body, no shape, no form. He's everywhere. Hashem is not bound by anything. Number three, He's closer to you than the surrounding air. That's hot. And how is Hashem closer to us than the surrounding air? And the answer is, He's inside us. He's in our thoughts. He's in our soul. Our soul is inside the brain. Hashem Shomrecha, David Amenach says. Hashem guards you. Hashem Tzilechal Yad Yiminecha. He's a shadow on your right hand. Hashem is our shadow. He's closer than the surrounding air. 
The shadow starts as soon as you are there. Boom, the shadow is there. Hashem is like a shadow. He is always with us, everywhere we go. Hashem will guard your goings out and your coming in from now on, forever. So how do we practice meditating on God's imminence? And the answer is, there's a practice called Shiviti. What's Shiviti? I will place God in front of me all the time. How do you place God in front of you all the time? Right over there. Yirke Vavke. So this is Halakha in Shulchan Aruch. Where? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. First Halakha in Orachayim in Shulchan Aruch is the Shulchan Aruch says, Yikaber Ka'ri Lavod Baboker Lavod Hadboro. The person is going to get up like a lion in the morning to serve his God and he should wake up the dawn and not let the dawn wake him up. It's very easy today because dawn is around 6.20 so it's quite easy to do that. It gets hard in the summer, right? The Ramah comes on. The first halakha in the Ramah. You shouldn't get be later than the time the, the community is praying. And then he says the most important rule. He quotes King David. I will place God before my eyes all the time. And then he says, This is a very important rule in the Torah. In the heights of the righteous, Asher Holchim Lefne Elokim, who go, who walk before God. A person shouldn't think that when they're alone in the house, they're alone. Right? A person's never alone. It's very hard to, it's very hard to always remember that Hashem is with us. Whatever you are, wherever you are, it's hard to remember this. It's very hard to remember. You're home, no one's around. You can do what you want, right? It's so hard to do this. It's so hard to be Yirat Shemaim. But remember all the time, Hashem is with them all the time. It's a very hard thing. It's a very high level. And that's what he says. He says a very high level. This is the way of the righteous who walk in front of God. Who is who's righteous who walk in front of God? It says by Noah, he walked with God. Abraham Avinu walked in front of God. That's the difference between Abraham Avinu and Noah. So the, the Ramah says, the way of the righteous who walk in front of God is to remember God all the time. Okay? And they should remember when they're with their relatives, and when they're, when, they're, when they're lying down, and when they're walking. The great King Hashem, his, the whole world is full of His honor. Omed Alav is looking at Him. And looking at his deeds, this is hard. Hashem is checking us all the time. What are we up to? What are we up to? What is this guy up to? Let's see what he's up to. Every second of the day. Not just every day, every second of the day. And that causes a person to have Yerachimai. That's Yerachimai. So let's just do the Mishnah Brewer over here. So Mishnah Brewer says, How does a person do this? Persons should imagine all the time they are standing or sitting or they're before God all the time because Hashem is everywhere. So wherever you go, Hashem is there. You say, Oh, it's there. And then he writes, Vashem Harizal. We can do Vashem Harizal here, a little bit of Kabbalah. The Mishnah Baruch brings down. Why not? Chavis Chaim knew Kabbalah. We think he didn't know Kabbalah. Of course he knew Kabbalah. He says, Yishlaer, Shem Havaya, Tamid, Negedinav. A person should always think you'd give up in your eyes. A person should always think you'd give up, you'd give up, you'd give up, you'd give up. Because how you don't have to imagine Hashem. The only thing you can imagine is God's name. You'd give up. You'd give up. That, that name is different from others because it's infinite. It's, because it's, it's the biggest name. It's the biggest it encompasses. You'd give up. K is a, everything encompasses. encompasses everything. 
it covers everything from the top to the bottom. There's different different levels of Yudkevavke. It was you can use Yudkevavke as a small uh, adjective, or you can use Yudkevavke as a big one. So Yudkevavke is a different worlds, and Yudkevavke it's called the Kolel, the Klali, the general Yudkevavke. Everything, everything. So Yudkevavke is a very general, very powerful name, and a person should imagine it all the time. And the result says, what kind of vowels should you imagine? In the Yudkevavke. This is interesting. He talks about vowels. But it's not the vowels of Yudkevavke, it's the vowels of the word Yira. Fear. So you put the, the Yud with the one dot, right? Achirik, Yira, Yi. The He would have a Shva, and the Vav would have a Kamatz underneath it. And that's how a person is meant to imagine it in his head. And we'll think about that. We'll give him Yira, Yira of Hashem. So it's Hashem's name with the vowels of the word Yira of fear. And that will give a person the, the Arizal says, he's quoting Arizal. That's how they write in Sephardic the Sudurim? They write this inside the Yudkei? No. no. They write Yudkei Vavke. It's different vowels. It's different vowels. For each, each, each bracha, it's got a different vowel. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It was because the vowels represent something else. They represent dimensions, different sirot. It's amazing. So you can, you can see by the vowels where you are. And the Sephardic said, oh, sorry, the Sephardic said, that there's different vowels on every Yudke Vavke, in, in, the, in the Shmonesra at least. And most people don't even notice it. But you see, it's... it's, it's yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you're noticing. No, what, what, what do you do? Well, you don't need to be Kabbalist. You just have to know what they mean. That's all. Okay. So different, different spheres have different uh, vowels. Okay. But here we're talking about different vowels. We're talking about the vowel of the word Yira, which is fear, to give a person fear of God. So he says... A person should always think about this. This is the secret of the word. I place God in front of you all the time. How do you place God in front of you all the time? He said the secret is you place God's name in front of you all the time. That's what I put over there. Yudke Vavke. So it's very hard. So Yudke Vavke. But a person's got to imagine in his head in big writing. Think about it. And the way it's written in the Torah. Not the way it's written in the book. The way it's written in the Torah. And this helps a lot for your mind. Okay, look at this. For Yesh, and then he continues. For Yesh, are you regulating Machmazel? Also, Menorot shall clap. And therefore, some people would make a Menorah. Look, look at this over there. Look over there on the, on the wall. See the Menorah over there? With the Yud Kevavke over there. That's called a Shiviti. That is called a Shiviti. Shiviti Hashem Legdi Tamid. I should place Hashem in front of me all the time. So that's a Shiviti that. So in those days, they would have Shiviti written by hand on a parchment. Yeah, that's called the Shiviti. You can have over there. And uh, then there's a big discussion because sometimes it would fall off and it would get, uh, and, uh, it would get into disuse. And therefore, we got to. That's halakha. Okay. So that's an interesting halakha. So how does a person meditate about Hashem? And the answer is you think about his name. You'd give up. It's brought down Shulchan Aruch. 1 1. First halakha in the Ramah. Shiviti Hashem Nikitamit. So to visualize, person has to visualize God's name. Yud Kevavke. Now he quotes over here from Yitzhak, the young son of Shmuel of Akko. There was a very famous Kabbalist, Shmuel of Akko. And Yitzhak, his son, he calls himself the young son, obviously. He's very humble. He says, to both the elite individuals and to the multitude. This is for everyone. This is for Amcha. This is both for those who know and for those who don't know. 
Whoever wishes to realize the secret of binding his soul on high, of attaching his thoughts to the Most High God, look at this now, look at the next line, that he might thereby acquire the world to come. How do you, how do you acquire the world to come? By attaching yourself to Hashem. This is, no one talks about this. I do mitzvot. But what's the purpose of, what are you doing mitzvot for? The answer to mitzvot is you're binding yourself to Hashem. So we do mitzvot, but if we're not binding ourselves to Hashem, maybe it doesn't work. That's the idea. So a person does a mitzvah. He's got to think, I'm doing this for Hashem. I'm binding myself. Literally, when, you, when you're wearing a tefillin, you're binding yourself to Hashem. But how do people think that when they're wearing their tefillin? Someone told me yesterday, he said there are five boxes in the tefillin. There's four in the head and there's one in the hand. And there are five senses. Four senses are in the head. Right? What are the four senses? Sight, Sight smell, hearing, taste. and taste. And there's one in the hand, touch. touch. Interesting. So four compartments in the head for the four senses in the head. And one hand. It was the control. You want to bring holiness into the four senses and you want to bring holiness into the hand. And people think that when they wear the tefillin. So literally, when you wear the tefillin, you're binding yourself to Hashem. You're binding yourself to Hashem. That's the akedah. The binding of Yitzhak. What is he binding Yitzhak? He's binding Yitzhak to Hashem. To raise him up. So, so look at this. Look at the secret over here, he says. If you want to realize the secret of binding your soul on high, of attaching your thoughts to the Most High God, so that you will acquire the world to come, and that God will be constantly with you in this world and the next. If God is with you in this world, He's going to be with you in the next world. If you can get God to be with you in this world, Hashem will be with you in the next world. She put in his mind's eye and his thoughts the letters of the special name, Nirke Vavke. May be blessed. As if it were written before him in a Sefer Torah, in Kitab Ashuri, which is the, the writing of the Sefer Torah. Every letter extremely big. Interesting. So he says the same thing the Ramah says. He said, this is, the Ramah doesn't say, this will get you Olam Ba. This will bind you to Hashem and get you Olam Ba. When placing the letters of the special name before your mind's eye, visualize them while your thoughts and heart are focused on God. Okay, so now this, this, is, this is where it gets interesting. These should, should, these should be simultaneous. You're looking at God's name and you're thinking about God. Right? It's not just enough to look at His name. You should look at His name and think about it. So He's great. He's amazing. This should be simultaneous. The looking and the internal thought together. This is the secret of true cleaving to God mentioned in the Torah. As the Torah says, to cling to Him. How do you cling to God? And in name you should cleave and those of you who are stuck to Hashem, you're going to have life. Today you're going to have life. What do you mean life? Life in this world, life in the next world. That's the secret. Whenever the person's soul is attached to Hashem, no harm will come to him. And he will not make any mistakes. In a time of danger, what do you do? You give up, you give up, you give up. Just think you give up, you and uh, the rabbis talk about Enod Milvado. There's nothing apart from Hashem. So when you think you give up, okay, famous, famous story. One of the great rabbis, he told his son before the Holocaust, just think you give up, okay, Enod Milvado, and you won't be hurt. So the son says, whenever I was as a checkpoint, I thought, think Enod Milvado is my brother. I was trembling. But I think Enod Milvado, and the guy says, go. He's looking at my papers, which are not in order. And I'm trembling and I'm thinking, go! I'll never be hurt. Amazing, amazing. Suppose you should think all the time, you can't be hurt. 
if you're in danger, that's the trick, is to think you'd give up all the time. The same stories in the, in the Israeli army. The guy had a platoon in, in, this, in the, I think it was the second Lebanon war. True story. And they were surrounded by, by Hezbollah. And it was very foggy and everything. So he tells these guys, I don't think we're going to survive this. There's no air cover, there's no air support. So let's, why don't we don't lose anything, but just let's say Shema Israel. He tells all the guys, they're not religious, so they have nothing to lose. So he says, let's say Shema Israel together. They say Shema Israel, Hashem, Hashem, Echad. And what happens is, I don't know, he says, he sees a small cloud detach itself. Lazif, come and follow me. So they follow the cloud out of this, they go home, they get home. And he says, oh wow, there's a true story. Heard it from the guy, it's amazing. He used to work in Jerusalem Peter. He came for a, after the army. He was so he wants to get away. He was he was terrible trauma. He said it's a miracle, no question about it. And he said the marriage of that Shema Israel can save a person from anything. So that's the secret of true cleaving, which is looking at Yud Kevavke and thinking about Yud Kevavke. It's not just enough to think in your head Yud Kevavke. You have to look, see the letters and you have to think about Hashem. And same thing, Rav Dobber Mezrich, which was uh, the next uh, the rabbi after the Baal Shem Tov. He said, the person should always see the Creator in his mind's eye. He should always think Hashem is looking at him. And he should always think, I'm, li- I'm looking at Hashem, Yudkevavke, and he's looking at me. I'm looking at Yudkevavke, he's, he's looking at me. He should reflect that the Creator's glory fills the world. He's master of everything. Baruch Shem Kevod Machatol Lelambayed. When we say, Baruch Shem Kevod Machatol Lelambayed, we're thinking Hashem's greatness, Hashem's kingship fills the world. He should believe that the Shekhinah is with him and guarding him. He's looking at the Creator and the Creator is looking at him. Wow. It was Moshe Rabbeinu. I will speak to him face to face, mouth to mouth. I will speak to him. Nothing can match setting aside time to talk privately with Hashem. To bring this mindset home. How do you bring the mindset home? Hashem is with me. Talk to him. Because then, why are you talking to him? Who are you talking to? Hashem, where is he? Well, he must be with me if I'm talking to him. <laughs> so, so we said, we talked about the Sefer Chinuch, right? Our actions lead to our thoughts. Our actions change the way we think. So, a person's action is I'm talking to Hashem. Starts believing Hashem is listening here. Hashem is here. When we pray to Hashem, it's a big statement. We're praying to Hashem because we believe He's listening. We believe He's there and listening. An atheist will not pray to Hashem. So, the fact that a person is praying to Hashem implies they believe that God is there, God is listening, and God cares. So a person should believe the Shekhinah is with him and guarding him. He's looking at the Creator, and the Creator is looking at him. And that's why private prayer, or talking privately to Hashem, or pff, doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be private. The Shemon Esra is also private, because no one can hear. Hashem is available to all, wherever we are, physically, spiritually, emotionally. To address Hashem as Atayu is a unique privilege that even the angels don't have. Wow, the angels can't even say you, Hashem. Baruch Atah, blessed are you. Angels can't say you. Where is he? Where is his place? The angels don't know. They can't say you. They don't know. So we have a unique privilege of addressing Hashem as you, which is the, the parent-child privilege. We are the children of Hashem. As Hashem says to Paro, through Moshe, tell him, Beni Bechori Israel. Israel is my firstborn. And Rashi says over there, that's where we see that Hashem admitted that Yaakov did the right thing. He took the birthright from Esau, and he's called now that birthright. He's the Bechor of Israel. He's the Bechor of Hashem. Hashem calls him the firstborn. Right? And in this week's parasha, 
You trouble my children, Hashem says, I'm going to kill your firstborn. You trouble my firstborn, I kill your firstborn. Wow, that's powerful. We're the children of Hashem. We pray to Hashem. We have the ability to pray to Hashem because we are the children of Hashem. We could say you. But think what it means. We're talking directly to Hashem. Okay, in meditation, you don't have to say anything. You just you can meditate and say the words in your head. Okay, now we move on. And we, it comes to a very interesting idea. The soul. The soul is the gateway to Hashem. The soul is the bridge to Hashem. Our souls are the bridge to Hashem. The rabbis call the soul the daughter of Hashem. The spark of Hashem's essence. A princess that longs to go back to her father. That's what the Zohar says. Okay? So, there's one pasuk in Mishle, which is very interesting, which is very hard to understand, but it's linked to this. What is the Shlomo Melech in Mishle? It's in chapter 20, verse 27. What does he call the soul? Ner Hashem Nishmat Adam. The candle of Hashem is the soul of a person. The candle of Hashem is the soul of a person. It searches all the inward parts. Okay? So this is a neshama. Neshama is the breath of life which Hashem breathes into a person's nostrils. It is the vital element in a human being. So just like a lamp enables one to see in the dark, so is the soul the reason for God's scrutiny of man's thoughts. It was, why is God looking to us? Why does God care about what we do? Because the soul is in us and the soul is Hashem's lamp. The lamp of Hashem searches the soul of man and also searches all the inward parts. Rashi explains this literally. The soul is God's lamp and that searches all the inward parts. Whereas the soul is the one that, that searches the inward parts and relays the messages to Hashem. The soul is the lamp of Hashem. So it's interesting that the soul is called the lamp of Hashem. We see the connection to Hashem is through our souls. So, emanating from the throne of glory, the soul represents the Shekhinah. Well, obviously a very tiny little portion of it, because it's, it's the daughter of the Shekhinah. That's why it's the daughter of the daughter of God. Because the Shekhinah is the daughter of God. But she resembles the Shekhinah due to her level and her vessel's physical boundaries. Okay? So we cannot comprehend Hashem by knowing the soul. We can learn about Hashem's attributes... And we know things we can apply from God, we can apply to our soul. So it's interesting, it's interesting Gemara over here, which we did. We love this Gemara on page Yud, of Yud, in page 10 of Brachot. And this Gemara is based on a verse in Psalms where David Amelech uses the word blessing, uses the word blessing five times. And this is in Psalm 2002. 103, sorry. Psalm 103. David. <coughs> Psalm of David. Barachin Afshid Hashem. My soul will bless Hashem. Verse 2. Barachin Afshid Hashem. My soul will bless Hashem. Seems to be a, over and over again. Psalm 20. Barachu Hashem Melachav. My angels will bless Hashem. Psalm, uh, verse 21. Barachu Hashem Kotzvav. All the hosts in heaven should bless Hashem. Psalm 104, the next few verses. Barchin Hashem. The psalm we say on 
Rosh Chodesh. Barachid Hashid Hashem. My soul will bless Hashem. Again, bless, bless. Five times in a row. Five times in a row. Bless, 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 bless. So the Gemara in Brachot asked the question. These five verses are bless my soul. What is, what is David Amirach talking about? Bless my soul. Rabbi Shimon ben Pasi says, Lo Amran He stated them regarding Hashem and regarding the human soul. These five attributes, Barachin Nafshi, my soul will bless Hashem. What's the connection between the soul and Hashem? Why five times? And he says, because there are five attributes that the soul shares with Hashem. And the Gemara is going to tell us what the five are. Amazing. Amazing Gemara. Very deep Gemara over here. These are the five shared attributes. Just like Hashem fills the whole world. So too, the Neshama fills the whole body. That's number one. So that's connected between the whole, the, the soul and the, and the and Hashem. Hashem fills the world, and the neshama fills the body. Number two. Just like Hashem can see us, but not is not observed by us. So to the soul, it can see, but it cannot be seen. That's why doctors have not seen the soul yet, no one's seen the soul yet, no one knows about the soul, and yet we know after death experiences, the soul can see we can't see the soul, the soul is there in the room right, wandering, hovering around, seeing things and we can't see, so the soul can see but we can't see the soul it says when a person cries and they don't know why they're crying, it says the soul saw something the soul can see it, and that's what te- brings tears to the eyes, the person doesn't know what's going on well, why am I crying, I don't know but the soul saw something just like Hashem nourishes all the world, so too the soul nourishes the body. That's why a person feels depressed. The soul is not nourishing the body. Just like Hashem is pure, so that's what we say every morning. Just like Hashem is hidden in the room of rooms, it seems, so too our soul is in the room of rooms, which means it's hard to find. It's hidden. Now, Shem Pazi concludes, Let the one who possesses these five attributes, and give praise to the one who possesses these five attributes. So, my soul should bless God. Why? My soul, which has these five attributes, should bless the one who has these five attributes, Hashem. So, beautiful idea. These five attributes, we see Hashem and our souls are linked in five different ways five different ways. So again, as God fills the world, the soul fills the body. As God is seen, but is not seen. God sees, but not seen. The soul sees, but is not seen. As God feeds the world, the soul feeds the body. As God is pure, the soul is pure. As God abides in the innermost chambers, so the soul abides in the innermost chambers. Okay. So we see over here that the soul is the lamp of God. Ner Hashem. Ner Hashem Nishmat Adam. It's the lamp. It's a fire. It's a light. It's an emanation. And it says, the, the Gemara says, in Pesachim 8a, the righteous before Hashem are like a flame before a fire. Just like a flame extinguishes a place close to a flaming torch, so the soul which close to the Shekhinah jumps over because the soul is derived from the Shekhinah. This is the mystery of the kiss of God. 
Why do people die by being killed? What does it mean by kissed by God? What does it mean by kissed by God? This is also a beautiful Rambam over here. It's amazing how the Rambam is so Kabbalistic. Memorial of of all places. So look at this. This is amazing because it's so true. Look at this. The philosophers have already explained. I, the word philosophers, you know, Rosanna Hirsch didn't hear like that philosophers' business. We talked about that Shabbat. The philosophers already explained how the bodily forces of man and his youth prevent the development of moral principles. Why? Because we're trying to get to purity of thought and a person's physicality when they're young and they're hot, hot-blooded stops them from getting to purity of thought. <coughs> So as long as their bodily, human, uh, their bodily passions are hot, the person cannot reach God. The more the forces of his body are weakened, and the fire of passion is quenched, in the same measure does man's intellect increase in strength and light. His knowledge becomes pure, and he's happy with his knowledge. When this perfect person is stricken in age and is near death, his knowledge mightily increases. This is very hard to understand. The older you get, and the older you get, and the, more, the weaker you get, the more knowledge of God there is. Why? Because there's less thoughts of physicality. The more thoughts of physicality, the less knowledge of God. It's an inverse relationship. So the more a person is built on this world and worried about this world and worried about this world, the less he can think of the spiritual. The less he's worried about this world, the more he thinks about the spiritual. Look at this. When this perfect man is stricken in age and is near death, his knowledge mightily increases, his joy in the knowledge grows greater, his love for the object of his knowledge becomes more intense of Hashem. And it's this great delight that the soul separates from the body. That's the kiss of God, the kiss of death. To this state, our sages refer when in reference to the death of Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam. The death was in these three cases nothing but a kiss. Okay? What do you mean the kiss? Was they drawn to Hashem because their bodily desires are so weak, the spiritual desires take over. But that's what Gemara says, is like, the, f- the fire can take quench the flame next to it, the torch. So that's the idea, it just draws it in, sucks it in. The person is so attracted to the neshama, to the, so the neshama is attracted to the Hashem, just, just drawn in. So, so Gemara asks in Sota, Hashem is compared to a consuming fire. If Hashem is a consuming fire, how can we cleave to Hashem? So it says, you cling to Hashem. How do you cling to Hashem? He's a consuming fire. The answer is by imitating his ways. That's what Gemara says. The Gemara says in Shabbat 133b. Here we are. Well, it's heavy. Shabbat 133b. Gemara says a very famous verse, which is in the, in the, in the middle of the uh, next week's parasha, Peshalach. talks about the coming out of Egypt. And the song they sang, This is my God and I will beautify Him. That's how you explain it. Nave means beauty. Anvehu means I will beautify Him. How do you beautify God? It's a famous Quran here. This is my God and I will beautify Him, which implies, Do beautiful mitzvot in front of Him. Make a beautiful sukkah. Lulav nae, get a beautiful lulav. Shofar nae, get a beautiful shofar. Tzitzit nae, a beautiful talit, a beautiful sefetora. Uktobo lishmo bedio nae, and write in it lishmo for the sake of God with beautiful ink. Bekulbus nae, with a beautiful pen. Belablar uman, an expert scribe. 
and wrap the Torah in beautiful silks. You see, they never had boxes in those days. It was all in cloth. Abba Shaul says, Ve'anvehu. Ve'anvehu doesn't mean to beautify, Abba Shaul says. Ve'anvehu means to be like him. Ve, how did he get it from? Anivahu Hoshiana, right? Anivahu is one of the 72 letter names of God. Ani and who? Vahu, Vav, Hey, Vav. It's two of the 72 letter names of God. So Anivahu, Ve'anvehu, it's the same as Anivahu. So he says, be like him. Be like Hashem. How do you be like Hashem? Mahu chanun v'rachum. Just like God is gracious and compassionate. Avatah ye chanun v'rachum. You should also be gracious and compassionate. Amazing, huh? So how do you cling to Hashem? He's consuming fire. And the answer is, by emulating his midot. Beautiful. So when I'm kind, I'm trying to emulate Hashem. I'm like the action of clinging to Hashem. When I'm merciful to someone, even though they don't really deserve it, I don't lose my temper. I'm emulating Hashem. The person's going to think it out. The person says, you know what, I really want to lose my temper. I really want to get angry. Hashem is Erech I'm going to be Erech I really don't feel merciful right now. But Hashem is Erech Rachum, I'm going to be Rachum. So it's, that's the way we emulate Hashem. Is how we cling to Hashem. Beautiful. How do you cling to Hashem? And the answer is emulating His ways. Emulating His ways. So, the soul is part of Hashem. And Hashem is consuming fire. How do we cling to Hashem? By emulating His ways. So, we have innate inf- affinity with Hashem. By clinging to His attributes, we can become one with Him. Living dveikut, living co- co- connection, without being consumed by the fire. How? Emulating Hashem. Emulating the attributes. Since the soul is part of Hashem, Hashem's revelation is how He conducts Himself towards His creations. Revealed to Moshe as He prayed for forgiveness for the sin of the golden calf was also a revelation of man's potential. Words, Hashem is revealing Himself to Moshe and Moshe is saying the 13 principles. But it's not just for us to pray to Hashem. Hashem is revealing what, how we should act, how we can copy Hashem. 13 principles. You know, it's interesting, Rambam, Rambam says, the word of Achim, says, there's no thing as Hashem having any character traits. Hashem doesn't have character traits. He's way above character traits. doesn't have the 13 attributes. He's way above 13 attributes. So it's purely for us to emulate. Through our soul, sparks of godly essence, we mirror God's attributes and can therefore be godly. We may thus meditate on them, manifest in our behavior. So we're going to talk about this because it's very, very important that we know what these 13 attributes mean. Because if we have to emulate them, we have to know what they mean. We can't emulate something we don't know what they mean. So it's very, very important that we know what these mean. So I just want to recap what we learned today. Go, go through what we learned today. So the first thing we talked about was thinking about Hashem. We said Hashem has two different attributes, transcendent and imminent. On the one hand, Hashem transcends everything. On the other hand, Hashem is with us right now. On a personal level, it means Hashem is with us all the time. He's with us close by. He fills our innermost being. Nothing is closer than Hashem. But knowing this is not enough. Hashem's, uh, the Hashem, we have to learn to live with Hashem. We need to feel and experience Hashem constantly. How do we do that? So he said, number one is by doing mitzvot. Number two is by talking to Hashem. Number three is praying to Hashem, which is part of, part of talking to Hashem. Number three is through meditating on Hashem. 
What do you meditate on? We said, meditate on Hashem's name. Yudke Vavke, which is Shiviti, which is the first halacha in the Ramah. Shiviti Hashem Neneti Tamid, Zeklal Gadol Torah. There's a general rule of the Torah. And we said the Arizal comes along and says, how do you do this? The Mishnah Bura brings down. He said, you think of Yudke Vavke with the vowels of the word Yira, which means fear. So Yud Cherik. Hey, Shva. Vav Kamatz. Fear, and this is what a person gets awe of Hashem, fear of Hashem. And the remark continues, and he says, In this way, a person will know Hashem is with him all the time, and therefore, you know, the way you sit in your house will be different than the way you act with no one watching you. So, a person's thinking Hashem is there, Hashem is watching me all the time. So, that's imminence, Hashem is with us all the time. So, that's a very important rule. Uh, we talked about thinking about Hashem, and we said that's the secret of binding one's soul on high. Right? This is Yitzhak of Agol. The secret of binding one's soul on high, attaching one's thoughts to the most high, and thereby acquire the world to come. The secret of getting the world to come is by attaching oneself to Hashem. Why? Because Hashem is in both worlds. If I attach myself to Hashem, He bridges the gap between this world and the next. I'm attached to Hashem in this world, I'm attached to Hashem in the next world. So this is very interesting how many people talk about that concept. That how do you get Olam well, if you attach yourself to this world, to Hashem, who's living in all dimensions, you can live in all the dimensions as well. Okay, we're going to stop here. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.